We want to thank Manscaped for sponsoring today's upcoming episode. We've all heard the tale of the Jewel Cool and how great that was providing relief for my nether regions during those long gaming sessions, but not everyone can rig up a perfect cooling solution like I did. What Manscaped does have are perfect solutions for all your Jewel's needs. Manscaped provides high-quality products for your grooming and personal care needs. What's that? You've never thought about personal care down there? Well, let me learn you a little. Their new Performance Package 4.0 is one heck of a deal. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Well, the boxers are for your goodies. The travel bag is for the Manscaped goodies. Get 20% off and free shipping with code MULTIPLAYER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code MULTIPLAYER. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Now, on to the show! Welcome to the Bizarre Yet Bonafide podcast, where we talk about ghosts and paranormal activity. Actually, this is the multiplayer gaming podcast, but today we're going to be talking about The Quarry, which is actually the first game we've done a deep dive on, where there is an in-game fictional podcast, which is actually integral to the plot. Before we hop into introductions, a quick reminder to rate our show five stars, leave us a written review, follow us on socials everywhere at MultiplayerPod, and consider supporting us on Patreon. You'll help fund the show, and you'll also unlock a bunch of perks, probably the best being access to the Squadcast, which is a feed of bonus episodes that release twice a month that run about 30 to 45 minutes each with the whole crew. All right, let's move on. I am your host, Paul. I'm joined, as always, by my two fellow camp counselors. First up, he's a huge fan of the 80s, and I'm guessing he spent a lot of time in his childhood watching slasher and monster movies. It's Josh. Dude, Nightmare on Elm Street was the <laughs> jam back in the day. How old were you when you saw it for the first time, do you think? Oh, I feel like I was probably eight. So way too young? Way too young, yes. I was yeah. terrified. You know, couldn't sleep. Was sure, sure. I was going to die in my sleep. But man, yeah. 80s had some great <laughs> horror flicks. Definitely the peak of like that kind of movie. And then joining us, this game is probably up his alley because he hates first-person shooters, but I do know that he loves movies, so I'm thinking this might be a match made in heaven. It's Michael. I do love me some movies, and spoiler, there is some shooting in this game, and it's way <laughs> too hard. Uh, way too hard. Like, way, way too hard. Too, like, There's I a lost smidge, somebody. A smidge of shooting. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the, the three times I did it was a disaster, so I don't want to talk about it, and I don't appreciate you bringing it back up again. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I can't wait till we break down how difficult the combat was in <laughs> yes, the quarry. Yeah, all I the can. combat. My <laughs> do I save my trolling of Michael <laughs> for later, or can I do it now? <laughs> uh, whenever. We'll troll me a lot in this one, but... <laughs> yeah, aiming that, that one shotgun with a uh, yes. giant circle in the middle of the giant screen is, is really difficult. <laughs> yep, it's, it's really like... It, like it, it, uh, the shotgun fills the whole screen I somehow missed. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, well, before we jump into our deep dive here of the quarry, Josh, you've got a review someone left the show? It's review time! And since this show's going to go long, again, I'm just going to read one, and let's get to it, because this is another good review. And it comes in from Epic TXM, our buddy from Great Britain, and it's titled, Very, Very, Very Good. 
And it says, this podcast is the best gaming podcast. I could not find any other good ones, and I don't think I'm going to listen to any others because this one is just so down to earth and good. And you didn't lie, the Discord has the best community. All the hosts are great and very active in the Discord, and they are great at describing the games and have given me a lot of amazing game recommendations. Thank you. Oh, what a great review. Thank you, Epic TXM. We really appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I do like the part where people are like, I looked around for a gaming podcast, I couldn't find one, and then I found yours. That just, yeah. yeah. You know, that makes me feel good, man. When people say that, like, it, it legitimately warms my heart a whole bunch because I'm like, I listen to podcasts too, and I have a few favorites. You know, one of them is even this podcast before I became a host. <laughs> um, but it's funny because I hear that and I'm like, man, they're saying such nice things. Like, all we do is sit on here in front of a microphone and we talk to each other in this video and we just have fun. And you guys, like, like it and man it feels so good to see to hear nice things thank you thank you epic that's awesome man yeah (laughs) (laughs) we really do appreciate it and you know the discord community is great you know we love having people in there and you know keep those reviews coming we love reading them on the show it definitely helps us out helps the show get discovered and move up the rankings for podcast listings and josh loves reading them josh has said it's his favorite part of the day is waking up with his coffee and (laughs) checking to see how many reviews came in I get very sad when there's no new reviews. So if you don't want me to be sad first thing in the morning, then leave us a review. <laughs> Hashtag keep Josh happy. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag keep Josh happy. I love it. Yeah. Uh, unless, you know, keep the reviews coming unless it's a bad review, then keep your thoughts to yourself. Sure. <laughs> keep the, <laughs> no, keep the positive reviews coming. <laughs> All right. Well, like Josh had mentioned, we are definitely going to go long. These deep dives have been very long lately, and I know that we're very excited to talk about the quarry. So much to get into. So let's just go ahead Let's transition. Let's deep dive the quarry. And remember, whatever doesn't kill you will make you stronger. Okay, the quarry released on June 10th, 2022, comes from Supermassive Games, who are the same people who made Until Dawn. They did the Dark Pictures anthology series, so they have very much lived in this space for a while. And here is the Steam description. When the sun goes down on the last night of summer camp, nine teenage counselors are plunged into an unpredictable night of horror. The only thing worse than the blood-drenched locals and creatures hunting them are the unimaginable choices you must make to help them survive. And I do want to say right here that The Quarry is a rather short game. It can be completed anywhere from about 7 to 10 hours, so we are absolutely going to have to talk about some spoilers in this game, but we will start out spoiler-free, and we will give you guys a warning when we actually get into spoiler territory. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of impossible to talk about this game without spoiling it, because it's not like we can go deep in the gameplay. What's the gameplay? Um, Left and right stick on a controller. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So, you know, Josh, in case there's anyone who decided to listen to this episode and they actually don't know very much about The Quarry, what genre would you classify this as? And maybe, like, what's a game or two that are kind of similar in gameplay style? Um, Genre, I would call it an interactive simulator? Interactive movie? movie. Choose your your own adventure movie video game light type. Very well put. Very well put. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sure, that's, that's, that's a genre. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then what? Wait, what was the, se- <laughs> what was the second part? <laughs> I got so are, deep into the mixing of genres there. Yeah, are there any any similar comps? Like, is oh, there anything that we've oh, done a deep yeah. dive on, or anything we've talked about that's oh. kind of similar? Well, I mean, we haven't done deep dives on them, but if you've ever played, um, like uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead is somewhat similar. Uh, mm-hmm. In that, like, you're an observer to what's going on. You are a very minimal participant in these types of games. Like, you're watching what's going on. Maybe you make a choice or two. Maybe you press a button or two, and that's it. But you're really just kind of in for the for the experience. Um, one of our favorites, though, Paul, Heavy Rain, oft, mm-hmm. men- oft mentioned on this podcast, um, is very, very similar. Um, Paul Detro- likes that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Detroit Becomes Human, which I've never yep. played, but I was going to say I know that's very similar. The Dark Pictures Anthology, which I've never played. Um, and then you've got Intel Dawn, which I think was the previous entry from Supermassive Games. Um, but yeah, so the, that's kind of the, what this game is and the kind of genre that it falls into. Yeah. Now, are you guys a fan of interactive movie games like this? Because I've made, I've made it known that I really love Heavy Rain. Like Heavy Rain absolutely for me is like a top 15 game. Maybe depending on the day, I might even put it in my top 10, but I was curious to know about you guys. Is this something that you tend to enjoy? I I tend to really be drawn towards these games a lot, to be honest with you. Um, my wife and I played Detroit Become Human a couple of years ago when it came out, and um, it's just kind of why I like it so much is it's it's a good marriage between like my two passions when it comes to film and video games, but I don't have to really try super hard when it comes to like rolling around and doing combat or anything like that. Um, it's like the exact opposite of Elden Ring because like mm-hmm. there's there's like little, what's what are you doing? I'm walking around and making choices. Um, and so I like them because it's a nice reprieve sometimes from playing really skill based games, which sometimes can just like you know get your heart elevated and you want to throw the controller through the through the through the TV like it's an old Wii remote or something like that. Um, but instead I just, I can just sit down and just kind of watch apparently an eight and a half hour movie (laughs) and make choices. So (laughs) yeah, pretty much with a, a, a little bit of a sprinkling of combat and maybe like a pinch of quick time events. So I feel like those are always kind of inevitable with interactive movies. They're going to make you mash that button while you're on the run or, you know, whatever it might be. All right. And, uh, what about you, Josh? Do you tend to like these or are they not really your cup of tea? It's very hit or miss. Um, yeah. I loved Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain uh, is phenomenal. I loved Telltale, you know, the, the Walking Dead, that series. Uh, I had zero interest in Detroit Becomes Human because it looked boring as anything to me. <laughs> I've had zero interest in the Dark Pictures anthology and, you know, and some of these other ones. So I'm kind of with Michael in that it has, I have to be in the mood for it. But I would feel like I mean I'm I'm probably split like fifty fifty. It's either yes, it's great, or man, it's terrible. And the lows are low. I feel like when they don't pull it off well, or there's foundational issues in the story, it can go bad very quick. Right. Oh yeah. And like, it's yeah. good. I think it's really good. Like I think Heavy Rain and Until Dawn for me are the two that I consider the best. Uh, the quarry here, you know, we'll we'll get into a lot of the details and provide a lot of our thoughts. You know, Michael, do you kind of want to set the stage for us, like, story-wise? Like, how does the game open, and what's the overall structure of the game without getting into any spoilers? I'm going to try to do the 90s movie voice. (laughs) 
a questionable a cop <laughs> in a world that's nighttime and things. Ha- no, I'm not going to try that. Okay, so Max and Laura are driving down the road, right? And they run off the road because they see something in the road. They don't know what it is. I don't know what it is until my second playthrough, and then I see what it is. Uh, <laughs> they roll off the road, and they're like, hey, there's it's scary it's nighttime i think i see ghosts and stuff maybe i don't know and so then they realize that the truck is a little bit beat up a cop comes by and says do not go where you're supposed to be going which is this camp because they're these camp counselors the camp starts the next day we don't know when the camp actually starts we know the counselors are supposed to show up the next day but max and laura uh, left a voicemail for a guy and wanted to show up early. And and the, the cop is like, don't go. Like, really suspiciously, like, do not go there. Go to this motel instead. Don't go where you're trying to go. And so then, you know, stuff kind of goes down. I won't even spoil it too much past that. But we leave Max and Laura alone somewhere. And, and then two months later is when the story kind of starts. We have seven camp counselors saying goodbye to these these campers, uh, little kids and stuff, because there's this cute little teddy bear that's there, so you can assume they're probably like lower grade school age, something like that. Um, and the seven camp counselors are um, just kind of different personalities. And uh, long story short, for a reason that I won't get into, you get stuck there overnight, um, which mm-hmm. is a story decision on how you do that. But um, I won't. I won't. I'm trying so hard not to spoil anything here, so I'm just not going to. <laughs> Um, but then all of a sudden, David Arquette, I almost said David Duchovny, because, man, it, wouldn't it be great if David Duchovny was in this, because it's got supernatural stuff? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I wish David Duchovny That would, that would have worked. Uh, David Arquette is a camp counselor, or he's like the head of the camp. His name is Chris Hackett, and he kind of runs the show, and he's all freaked out that these campers, or the camp counselors, are going to have to stay overnight when they weren't supposed to be there overnight. And you kind of get the same feeling that you got from the cop that like, hold on, this place is no bueno at all on days we're not supposed to be there or when unplanned things happen. And he's like, hey, listen, stay inside. Do not go outside. And I'll be back tomorrow. You don't know what he's doing or where he's going. Um, But essentially, long story short, probably too late because that was a really long story. Um, Basically... (laughs) You've got a lot of choices to make as the campers, and, you know, I mean, uh, I don't want to say the kids are dumb and they put you in a bad spot, but they make some decisions (laughs) early on that you don't get to be making decisions on. It's kind of the story doing what it does, and Mm. they're they're not indoors, guys. No spoilers there. They're not going to stay inside. They're going to go and have fun. And so basically the next eight and a half hours of your life that you're spending playing this game with quick time events is going to be trying to keep these people alive because they made bad choices. And also you're in a horror movie. You're going to do stupid things and you're probably going to lose some people. So it happens. (laughs) Yes. And in this game, famously any character can survive or die. The game continues on no matter what. And so everyone's going to have a different experience. In some ways, the game is almost not really spoilerable, except for a couple of key things that you learn later in the game. Like, why is it unsafe to go outside? You know, these are all things that you'll learn over the course of the game. Uh, but I was curious to know how you guys felt about the nine main characters. I found the names very hard to learn. <laughs> I, I feel like I did not know their names really until halfway through the playthrough. But we've got Abigail, Dylan, Emma, Jacob, Caitlin, Nick, and Ryan, along with Max and Laura from the beginning. They definitely are trying to 
use some of the tropes of like horror movies. Like you have your, you know, what's supposed to be like your cute girl. And then you, you, you have your manly man. And then you have your like intellectual person. You have your comedy relief, you know, and that kind of stuff. And so I feel the like there's... girl. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, the cute, innocent girl that, you know, whatever. And so I feel like the game's trying to like establish those. And some of the characters definitely are annoying. Some of them I find are pretty likable from the very beginning. But the the gist of it is, and Michael touched on this, is that this is a horror movie slash game. This is like, I love the Geico commercial where the girl's like, let's go. And the, everybody's like, let's run for the car. And she's like, no, let's go hide in the scary shed filled with chainsaws. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, that's a good idea. Right. And so that's kind of what you're going to get in this game a little bit. So you have to be ready for that, like campiness and that kind of, you know, be horror movie ish kind of feel to it. I think that's intentional. Um, I hope it's intentional because <laughs> anyway, if it's not, then, you know, certain things are wrong. I found myself kind of like picking up on that early. And so I found myself actually playing the game kind of based on like the jock is an annoying, tough guy and I want to make him play that way. So I'm not necessarily picking the choices that do that. Um, but that's only because I picked up on the annoyance early. And also I didn't want the annoying characters to live as long as my favorite characters, which will go into spoiler territory later on when I messed that up real bad <laughs> and then i think one thing that we should spend a little bit of time on is talking about the fact that the quarry does not give you any manual save or load option so this removes the ability to reload an old save and make a different decision in order to keep a character alive or maybe you want to see how things work out differently and so any decision you make in the game has much higher stakes than normal it's almost like when you guys were kids would you read like a choose your own adventure and you would always keep your thumb where you were and you would jump ahead to the next. And if you saw it was bad, if you saw it was bad, you'd go back. Right. Right. This basically removes your ability to do that. You just have to go with the flow. Whatever happens, happens. People might die. People might live. You may or may not find certain reveals in the game, but the story is going to continue no matter what. And I think that that is maybe the best innovation that they've brought to these kinds of games because they don't let you reload to get the results you want. Yeah, and and the thing about that too is that when you make the decision, you're still watching the movie. And when you make that decision, I found out because I tried to game it a little bit. I tried to cheat. Um, I may or may not have unplugged my PlayStation when I realized I'd made a bad choice. <laughs> oh it saved fast. Like when you make that decision, oh, yeah. the game knows and it says that's the decision you made and it saves it. And then you're watching. You might not know that you made a bad decision. So just a spoiler there. You you cannot unplug your PlayStation or your computer and try to. I wouldn't recommend doing that anyways because it's a computer. Um, but you can't you can't cheat. And so, yeah, I liked that, though. I actually liked that, that you you're stuck with that choice. Like and so you have to play through again if you want to make a different choice. I hate it. I hate it because I'm the guy that will reload 800 times. Until I get like the result that I want. Like, ask me when you know how like Diablo had the randomized loot chests where if you just would quick save and then open it and then reload and then open it and then you know like you'd get different gear all the time. I would spend hours. Oh no, opening the <laughs> same chest, man. No lie, I did it in Divinity, Divinity Original Sin two. I just I I love doing that. I want to see what happens, and you can't do that in the quarry. So if you're like me. <laughs> 
then you do get used to it. It's fine. I, you know, but it, but it is one of those things where it's like the only aggravation I truly got from that is the, well, I want to see what happens if I took the other route. But the only way right. to find out is to play the game again. The entire game. And you might make different right. decisions yep. that don't even let you get back exactly to where you were before. Right. Exactly. And so it's kind of like, well, it would have been nice for me to know what the other choice led to. Um, but again, you just can't. So you got to be okay with just kind of being a, a minimal participant watching all of these events unfold. I have to completely agree with you on that part as well. And so the game is divided up into 10 chapters. And that's not a spoiler, I don't think. But it would have been nice if maybe after you complete a chapter, you could go back and overwrite that save or something like that. Maybe not every single choice you make. But to be able to go back and maybe replay a chapter would have been nice. Because I had to play the game twice all the way through. I had to because you literally can't go back and change a choice that you made. And I wanted to see other choices. I'd like to be able to go back and go to the chapter that I just completed and say, let me just make a new manual save. And I've got two stories going. You can't do it. Uh, yeah. And this is the kind of game that if you're into it, you're definitely going to go through multiple playthroughs because you're going to want to see all those other cutscenes, or there might be incredibly funny things that get cut that, that you weren't able to see because of what you chose. Now, I think the other main thing that this game incorporates that is a little bit different, or at least I'm not aware of it being in their other games, is the tarot card system. So as you walk around in the chapter, you can find these hidden tarot cards, and then in between the chapters, you have a conversation with an older woman, and she basically tells you that she can give you a glimpse at a possible future if you choose to see it. And if you say yes... Then she gives you about, I don't know, a 1.5 second clip of something that might happen. So like one of my characters saw a certain event where there was a fire. And then as I go through the next chapter, as I'm faced with different decisions, I've always got in the back of my mind, oh yeah, there's a chance that a fire could break out in this chapter. So maybe I don't want to make this decision because that could be flammable or something like that. Or maybe you want to lean in to whatever vision you saw. Uh, so their visions are not always bad. They're also sometimes good. And so I thought that that was a little bit of an interesting wrinkle. Did you guys find that to be something that was helpful in the game or something that took away from it? At first, when you meet that lady, like it's a really neat kind of cut. It's not a cutscene. It's just like a segue of the game or something like that. So I thought that was really neat. She was creepy. The area she's in is very creepy. Um, you know, and then it's like, oh, you know, tarot cards, she's kind of giving you glimpses and explaining what the cards are and that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, this is kind of cool. And then it becomes very repetitive to me because it's like, you know, she talks a lot and then she's like, well, you can take a glimpse. And it's like, oh, okay, well, let me take a glimpse. And it's like, I see something in the future where it looks like somebody's dying or falling out of a tree or something like that. And then it's like, okay, well, I do remember that. So then later on in the game, and I'm completely making this up to be spoiler free right now, but it's like, so later on in the game, it's like, oh, look, my guy's up in a tree. Maybe I don't want to make that decision because I saw into the future where somebody falls out of a tree, you know? And so I think it definitely can kind of steer you in certain directions. The only issue I had with that is... Did you guys ever find like more than one tarot card? Yeah. Oh yeah, I found like I found, three. I found three one time, and I was like, "Man, she's gonna talk for like an hour now." Well, that but <laughs> you only get to pick one. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like you're almost punished 
for doing good by finding multiple tarot cards because I'm like, oh, I'm going to get three cutscenes here. And then she's like, well, you only can pick one. And I'm like, but I found three. And she's like, but you can only pick one. And I'm like, this is stupid. Don't do that to me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the multiple tarot cards is really just for completionists where it's like, okay, we know there's like 21 tarot cards or whatever in the game. You can collect them all, but you can't you can't ever get multiple clues. And so, yeah. And then also about the clues, though, is... You don't know if they're good or bad, because um, there was a couple clues where I got that, and I'm like, I want to avoid that happening, and then it turns out that I accidentally did the thing that happened in the tarot card, and it actually was a good thing. It looked bad from the clip, but it actually was what saved one of my characters, and I thought something worse went down. Um, and so you don't know if you're supposed to try and avoid a decision or go for it, and so they, they really kind of seem kind of pointless, to be honest with you, and mm-hmm. by the end, I was almost thinking... I don't want to watch the clips anymore. I just want to play the game and not watch the little 1.5 second clip or worry about this, you know? And Yeah, well, and sometimes it, you just would not be able to know where you make one decision and it's going to lead into one of the visions. It's not like the vision says, do you want to fall out? Or, or your choice in the quarry doesn't say, do you want to climb down the tree or fall out of the tree? And you saw the vision falling out of the tree kills a character. It could be, you know, run down the road or... Uh, jump into this cabin, and then all of a sudden, while running down the road, they climb a tree and then fall. So it's or not it even like even you, like sarcastic comment or honest comment. It's even mm-hmm. more vague. And you have no idea. Yeah, it's very vague. I also poked fun at it a little bit while talking to Josh. I felt like it was a little bit of a weird decision that she is talking to you as the player. Like it definitely breaks the fourth wall, and so there's a little bit of a disconnect there that didn't make any sense to me. Where Jacob and Emma are finding tarot cards, but now this woman has the tarot cards, but she's talking to me and she knows that I'm controlling the game, but the people in the game aren't supposed to be in a game. They're just supposed to be people. So it's almost weird that they did this in the system that they did. I almost found it to be a little distracting. It was a cool idea, but I don't know if this is the right way to do it. What's the point? Of all of that, though, what is the point of the tarot cards and the old lady and talking to her and, and like, you know, sometimes you don't find a tarot card, right? And then you still talk to her and then she goes, well, you didn't bring me anything. You suck. Get out of here. <laughs> you know? And so it's like, I don't, I don't understand the point of that. Maybe after your like 30th playthrough, like maybe something pops open that, you know, she's a witch, you know, and she's going to blow up the you know, Hackett's quarry or something. I don't know, but it's just, it it seems like a very weird random insert into this game. And I don't know if it's to make you feel like you're actually playing a game. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little clunky and it's kind of ultimately worthless in most ways. Wait, did you not figure out who she was when you played through Josh? I mean, I, I'm assuming Okay, they, I'm not sure which player does it or not. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. I wasn't sure if his. We'll talk she does about have that during the spoiler yeah, okay. part. I, I wasn't so I'll tell you who it. I think yeah. she is, but I it was never 100 percent confirmed when I played at least. But I'm pretty sure I know who she is. That's why I wanted to ask because I wasn't sure if it if it told you in every playthrough or not. That's interesting to me. Yeah, see, in my playthrough, I definitely knew who she was because she is a character inside the story. So once again, that even made it make less sense that she's talking to me, the player. But yeah, yeah we can we can get into the specifics once we get into spoilers. 
Uh, okay, so I mentioned it earlier. We got to talk a little bit about the combat. And I think we also need to mention the don't breathe mechanic. Oh, these are <laughs> man, the ever difficult don't breathe mechanic. The combat Can and I? the don't breathe. They're, they're very, very hard checks in now, this game. Apparently, mm. they, apparently one of these is hard for one of these hosts. I want to talk on the screen right here. At least, oh, I can, at least I can hold my breath really, really well. <laughs> let, let, let's talk about the combat first. So as you play the game, there are a couple of firearms in the game. You can. Uh, make different decisions. You may or may not end up with certain characters carrying firearms, and then you can choose whether or not to use those during the game. Now, they do put you through a little bit of a tutorial where there's a shooting competition, so it teaches you how to use the guns, and then they may or may not come into play over the course of the game. But uh this is incredibly simplistic because they've all got a giant flashlight in the front of it, and whatever the flashlight touches with the light... You point, you can shoot anything you want. Uh, I guess they just felt the need to put in guns for higher stakes, I guess. I mean, this way you can say it's a shooter, Paul. Sure. Put that shooter tag on Steam. <laughs> How many right? times did you guys pull the trigger in this game? <laughs> three? I well, think I did three, twice. Four? I think it was yeah, twice. I, was gonna say, that. I feel like it was like three or four times for me. What'd you say, Michael? How many did you? I think it was three or four. It was it was somewhere around there. Well, uh, well, I had the opportunity to pull it three or four times. I just didn't pull it in time one time, and somebody died. Oh no! <laughs> That's why I'm saying it's not that the aim is hard with the guns. It's that sometimes you have to look around quickly with a clunky kind of system on where this thing or person is coming from that you have to shoot. And I just didn't. I didn't aim in time. So I think I pulled the trigger like twice, two or three times. Nice. All right, let, let's talk about the don't breathe mechanic. Guys, if there's something that's worthless in this game, it's the don't breathe. Oh, good old don't breathe mechanic. Uh, so basically, this mechanic is anytime there's a portion in this game where you need to be quiet, like let's say that your options are run or hide. And you say, well, I think I want to hide. And so your character will hide under a bed or hide under a table or something like that. And then bad thing walks by and it says, Oh no, it's going to hear you. Don't breathe. And you just press a button and you hold that button until red lights on the screen go away. And then you release the button and then your character breathes without the bad thing hearing you. What is the point of this system? Is it to build tension? I guess. Because I think it's to build tension, but yeah. there's really not much tension in just pressing space bar until I don't press space bar. Yeah, because yeah, the screen I, gets all red. So it's like, it literally tells you, press and hold this button. And like you said, when the lights disappear on the outside of the screen, then you just let go. So it, I think it's just to make you feel interactive, holding your breath. But it's not like anyone's failing these checks by accident. No, I kept thinking it was going to try and trick me. Like... Like, I kept thinking, like, it's going to go away. The little red light is going to go away early, but then it's going to come back right when I release. And it just never happened. It's literally just hold it down for, what, 20 seconds, it felt sometimes like? It was really long. long. Yeah, and then you had to let long. go. I feel like the developers of the game were just like, hey, you know what? We only have 146 total quick time events in this, so we need to add another <laughs> mechanic. Let's just do a don't breathe where you just push a button. That sounds good. Let's make it not a movie. Let's make it a game. Dude, why did they not just use your microphone? You know what I mean? Uh, like when you like start that. the game, just say, "Hey, this game uses your microphone. Do you do you allow?" It? And you say yes, and then that way you actually have to be quiet. That would be oh, more be fun. Cool. 
You know, because uh, my dogs start barking in the background. Guess what? My character got found because I made noise. Like, it's, like, I just don't get it. Like, I get that they said, hey, we need gameplay elements, but they picked the most basic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, Might as well just been a cutscene. Right. Like, okay, guys. You, all right. Here's my thought for this gameplay element. What if we make them press and hold spacebar for like 15 seconds? Oh, yeah. that's genius. Genius, Bob. You get a raise. Well, and I think <laughs> that adding the microphone idea is so smart, actually, because let's say you don't have a microphone. Let's say you're playing on a PlayStation. I don't have a microphone for mine right now. You just have a little thing that says, hey, do you have a microphone? Yes or no. And if you don't have one, it just basically sets something up. It says, hey, you may not experience the full part of this game. We'll go ahead and now do the hold down the space bar, or in my case, the triangle button or something. That's a great idea, Josh. Jeez, that's amazing. Yeah. Pretty yeah, smart. Well, it's they Real do it smart. in games like Phas- Phasmophobia, right. so it's already out there. Oh, that's right. Why not add it to a game like this? Yeah, I think that that would have been a great idea. All right, and then of course I think we have to get into the real bread and butter of the quarry, which is the decision making. Now you make so many decisions over the course of this game. They love bragging about the fact that there are 186 different endings. The total script ended up being over 1,000 pages of dialogue. Because depending on what characters die and who is paired up with who, you can have all of these different options. So they had to do an incredible amount of voice acting to cover everything that you might choose to do. Uh, I think most of the endings ultimately really do just come down to whether or not a character lives or dies. It's not like you're getting 186 drastically different endings. It's really just who's <laughs> going to survive and who doesn't. But there are a handful of things that you can unlock or miss out entirely that does definitely change the ending of the game. I was curious as to your guys' thoughts. Did you feel like they gave you a lot of choices and enough choices? Did you think that it it worked well? Um, Here's the thing. On your first playthrough, you don't know what decisions you're making do. And so there's a lot of times when you're interacting with a character... That it'll just say like how do you it'll give you two responses like one's maybe like a snarky response and one's maybe like a caring response right and so it's like you pick which one you want your character to do and then if like okay I pick the snarky response and then it'll say like oh well you know Nick uh, doesn't Nick has lost some respect for you or something like that and then you're like well what does that mean yeah that, like what what wait why did Nick lose respect for me and what does that mean now moving forward in the game. And I feel like there's a hundred of these like dialogue options where it'll say like so and so you know likes you now or so and so doesn't trust you as much or so and so thinks you're cool, and then it's like okay, but what does that mean? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, it does so, not and matter. You don't know that. You don't know that during your first playthrough. But this is like our you know the benefit that we've played this game now and we've done some research on it. It means. Squat, diddly, zilch, nada. Yeah. <laughs> so it's well, like, why are you giving me these decisions if they mean nothing? <laughs> and sometimes they made me laugh because one thing that they, they include in the game is a side comment that in the shooting range, Caitlin held the number one position all of camp. And I remember hearing that line and thinking, well, that's going to matter, right? If someone's got a gun, I want it in the hands of Caitlin. She's the best shooter. And so at one point... Uh, she's like talking to Ryan about whether or not Ryan is going to take a gun. And I said, no, but it was only because I wanted Caitlin to keep the gun. And then it said, Caitlin lost all respect for me because I was being a coward and didn't want to go protect other counselors. 
And I was like, oh, like, I think I was trying to overthink in this game where it's a little bit more simplistic and it doesn't really matter. If anyone loses respect or they're happy for you, those things don't, as far as we could tell, it did not seem to impact the story at all. No, I mean, I played through it twice and I paid extra attention to it the second time mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I I think my biggest issue is that anytime you make a choice, it's just A or B. You know, you don't have like a, a, a dialogue wheel like in Mass Effect or like Dragon Age or Skyrim where you might have like six different options of what to say. Uh, everything's always just two choices. And sometimes there's not really any rhyme or reason to pick one over the other. At one point, the game does say, at least in my playthrough, it said, hey, you can hide under this bed or you can hide in this wardrobe. And you know what? There was nothing on the screen that indicated one was better or worse than the other. And I'm 99% sure either one leads to the same thing. Uh, so you like make decisions and sometimes they didn't really feel like they mattered or they, 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 they did unintended consequences that there's no way you would ever be able to see that. Like, I, I, I'll keep things very vague so I don't think it's a spoiler. But at one point in the game, I had Dylan operating some heavy machinery. All right. And Caitlin was next to a car and it gave me the option to activate this machinery and lift the car in the air. And all it says in the corner is warn Caitlin or lift car. And I was like, oh, I'm going to lift this car because I just want to see what that means or what it does. Now, Caitlin's outside of the car when I click it and then Caitlin dives into the car and then he lifts it 30 feet in the air. And I was like, well, now this game is like giving me choices, but now they're making other things happen where if I knew she was going to be in the car, I don't, I, I wouldn't have made that decision necessarily. So sometimes I felt like the game was giving choices that really were confusing and it didn't always feel like the game was doing what I thought I was wanting it to do, if that makes sense. Even worse than that, you and I made different choices on something that seems like it's a nothing, right? And, and this uh, this is probably less of a spoiler than yours, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, chapter one, right off the start, we have a character that sabotages the camp van. There's not a choice on that. You have to sabotage the camp van. One so way or another. The, so all of them stay, right? Yep. You either get to take a, an arm off of the motor or you get to cut the fuel line. And if you pick the wrong one, you literally cannot get 100% completion in the game because you can't get one of the evidence pieces, period. And that means you can't get one of the endings. And so it's funny. It's like, but there's no, nothing says that you're supposed to, there's no, there's no like thinking. It's like my, now I took the arm in my choice because I was like, oh, this might matter that I can put it back if I want to, question mark, maybe. Right. And if I cut the fuel line, I can't repair the fuel line. And so I did that choice, but there's that's the only logic involved. And the game doesn't follow logic either because there's other choices like what you said where it's like, well, you could have picked up the car. She could have dove on her. You could have crushed her with the car on accident because it's just the choices the game makes. The, the issue with the choices is it's like, like I want the, the trolley uh, choice, yeah. you know, where it's like, <laughs> I, I want the choice where it's like, hey, I can pull the lever and I'm responsible for one person's death or I can do nothing and then other people, like more people will die. Like that's where I, my brain goes like, well, wait a minute, what's the right choice here? Like, what am I going to do? I kind of understand the ramifications of my decision. In the quarry, it's, do you want to run or do you want to hide? And it's like, well, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I'll hide because I don't think I can outrun this thing. So I'll hide. And then it's like, oh, character died. 
And then yeah. it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, is the other option the, the better option here? Like, are you just, you're making blind choices with no sort of indication as to what's going to happen without any actual internal struggle of, is this the right choice? Is there a gray area? Am I going to save one character but sacrifice another character? You know what I mean? It's just, do you want to run or walk? Do you want to go upstairs or downstairs? Like those sorts of things. And I'm just like, dude, what? Like, why are these the choices that you're giving me? Do you want to use a gun or not use a gun? <laughs> Do you want to open a door yeah. or look inside this bag? Like right. everything felt like a oh, coin that one. flip. <laughs> everything felt like a coin flip where there was no strategizing. I wanted a game that would allow me to kind of plan for the future and kind of know where things were going. And like I said, I think I just kind of asked too much of this game. I think if you go into it just knowing, hey, everything's just kind of a coin flip. No one really knows. It's kind of like in real life. If there's a killer in the woods, maybe you turn left and you die and you turn right and you live. It could just be as simple as just, you know, random like that. And I think if you approach the quarry and just roll with those punches, you'll enjoy it a lot more. Don't expect any kind of real strategy or outthinking the game because that's impossible. Yeah. I feel like to your point too, like no strategy. I feel like what the developer is doing in this game is they said, let's design it so you have to play it multiple times mm-hmm. so you can see different things happen because there's no strategy on it. You know, like at least in like something like Detroit Become Human, which was too boring for Josh to ever play, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, like at least like you could you could see a point to what you're doing. And also you like had a goal. Like it was like, Hey, if I make this choice, I'm going to have to have some harder, uh, quick time reactions that I have to do. But if I get through it, I save this person and I don't have to deal with a random dumb luck thing. Whereas I think the quarry is just designed to say, you know what, let's just make it so random because people just want to play through it like three, four or five times. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not the way it works. All right, well, let's take a break and hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, squad. Today we're doing our deep dive of the quarry, which, you know, is a place where you collect rocks and marble and stuff. But we have to take a break so I can tell you about the sponsor of this episode, Manscaped. Manscaped is the way I take my body, specifically my man hair, to the next level. Like Michelangelo shaping a marble statue, I chisel myself using Manscaped products. The Lawnmower 4.0 can manipulate your shadowy regions like no other, as it does mine. This is a fourth generation man trimmer by Manscaped that features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce nicks thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It's also waterproof and has a 400K LED spotlight that you need for a more precise shave. The Lawnmower 4.0 will leave you looking cleaner than Venus de Milo's arms, um, in a good way. The Multiplayer Gaming Podcast is proud to be partnered with Manscaped to give you an exclusive deal on your personal grooming products. Use the code MULTIPLAYER on manscaped.com today to save yourself 20% on products. And since we are an international podcast, free worldwide shipping from the amazing Manscaped line. That's code MULTIPLAYER on manscaped.com. You don't have to mine through a quarry to make your monolith the most amazing one of all time. All right, so let's dive into spoiler territory, and I'll hop in here in post, and I'll I'll edit this. So if you want to avoid all major spoilers, go ahead and jump forward 
16 minutes and 57 seconds. Time. And I'm sure that'll sound like a robot, but there you go. <laughs> All right, guys, just right off the bat, why did the sheriff not follow Max and Laura to the motel? Why did he just turn around and, and leave? I feel like if he would have followed them, then uh, the story would have turned out very different. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, maybe he had to go. He had more important things to do because things were going south real quick. And so he had to prep and he didn't have time to fool with these pesky kids. Gotta prep for those werewolves, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how'd you guys feel? How'd you guys feel about the fact that it was werewolves? I was um, fine with it. Yeah. I kind of, there was a little, there's a lot of foreshadowing. They showed the moon, like the full moon, like two or three times before. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, these guys are going to be werewolves. Like I can pick up on foreshadowing, you know? Um, I mean, werewolves are cool. I, I think that's fine. Yeah. You know, I, it's like, they could have been a little bit more original, I guess. You know, like, oh, okay. So, like, this whole thing starts off with them talking about the hag of Hackett's Quarry. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking this is going to be, like, a supernatural haunting, like, the Blair Witch right. type thing. And honestly, I think that would have been way cooler than werewolves. Because werewolves are, like, physical and, you know, it's like you kind of know what you're dealing with with a werewolf. Whereas if it's a ghost or a, a banshee or a wraith or whatever... I don't know how to deal with that necessarily, you know? And it's like, I, I don't know, man. I'm not, I, I say werewolves are fine, but man, I, I feel like that was kind of lazy at the same time, I guess. They also didn't really look like werewolves. They looked like weird, naked, like Wendigo things, I think. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I do know why. I, I do know why he didn't follow the kids, though. Because in my playthrough, I figured that out, that he was he was hunting Silas. So he had to stay there because he had to wait a month to try and kill Silas again. And he's like, I'm not following him. But uh, you're right, hold though. On, hold there would have been no game. So the, the sheriff who's been hunting Silas for, what do they say, eight years? Six years, seven and, years, something and, like that. Yeah. And hands the shotgun <laughs> to Laura at the end yeah. of this game, Michael? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, that's what yeah, He's got maybe nothing no more important there, okay. to do than kill this creature and just hands the gun to a teenager. Oh so, <laughs> man, you just call, you just called me out, and you're right too. <laughs> I thought that was preposterous. That yeah, he, I mean, yeah. clearly it's because the game wants you to make the final decision of whether or not you're going to shoot Silas, and but, you can't play as the sheriff. So, so yeah. let's for people that are listening that are saying, "Hey, what the heck are you guys talking about?" Let let's give a quick little spoiler breakdown on this, right? Since we talked about the game ahead of time and kind of what happens. Basically, all the teenagers decide when the camp counselor leaves, Mr. Hackett, when he leaves and he says, hey, stay inside, they go, hey, we're teens. This is the end of summer. We're going to go out. We're going to have a big old bonfire, right? They go out in the woods like dumb teenagers do, and they have a big old bonfire, uh, you know, maybe a couple with of fireworks, go, right? A couple of them go off in pairs, you know, trying to romance each other and, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, so there's a lot of just character interaction for honestly about the first half of this game. And and then that's when, hey, all of a sudden there's something in the woods and something jumps out and maybe somebody gets hurt or whatever. And then it's like, okay, well, now there's werewolves. And so the whole rest of the game is basically the characters getting separated and trying to deal with the werewolves. But then there's a human family that's out in the woods hunting that smears blood all over themselves. So you're trying to figure out what role does that family have to play with the werewolves thing and big big spoiler basically that family is aware of the werewolves and they're actually like part of the werewolves i guess like some of their sons and daughters and cousins are werewolves and so they're trying to protect 
everybody once a year or once a month during the full moon so that none of the werewolves get killed and they can protect their family. And there's also where you learn, if you go down certain paths, you learn that if you kill the person who turned you into a werewolf, it cures you of being a werewolf. See, everybody knows that's vampires, too. So you can't take vampires and then make it werewolves, people. Well, and they also had a little bit of a twist where it was like, well, now if you kill your great werewolf grandpire, then it will cure everybody who then followed suit. So the thought process is if you can kill the first werewolf, then it's going to cure everybody. And I thought that that was kind of a neat idea, other than the fact that ultimately that ended up rewarding you for having characters turn into werewolves because then all of them could be saved at the end. And so if you screwed up and got a character bitten by a werewolf and turned, that actually ultimately ended up being a good thing. And I thought that that was kind of cheap. It felt, it, it felt like an unearned ending at the end. Yeah. And spoiler territory there, there actually is the only way to save all of the camp counselors. One of them does have to get bit. And, the choice that you make, which is a completely random choice, is it's the choice we're talking about with Caitlin. Now, I didn't get there in my first playthrough because, unfortunately, uh, Dylan was already dead because he got his face eaten off um, by, um, what was her name again? Emma. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole thing is, like, you have to get uh, Caitlin bit. She has to become a werewolf for everyone to live. And it's kind of a funny thing because it's like, that seems like a bad choice. It seems like the whole point is to not get anyone bit. Now, um, is the old lady the hag of Hackett's quarry? That's yes. what I gathered. Yes. Okay, that's and a, she that says, was my assumption, too. So what you learn is she has been trying to guide you down a path to save Silas and kill the Hackett's. And so at the end of the game, if you buck against that, then she tells you that she's going to be haunting you for the rest of your life. So when you feel a presence in the darkness or you feel the hair stand up on your neck, that's her. So she's still going to be after you the player outside of the game. Oh I guess. no. Uh, an old yeah. lady is after me. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <laughs> who does nothing threatening in the game, by yeah, the way, exactly. except be a ghost in the woods. Nothing else. happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say one other thing, spoiler wise that I thought was weird. So you play the opening chapter with Max and Laura, and then they disappear for about five hours of gameplay. And then really Laura becomes the main character. And so yeah. it was kind of weird that she's not even in the first two thirds of the game and you're so used to playing the other seven. And then all of a sudden it, it here comes Laura with an eye patch, which I did think was funny. I didn't know it was her at first because yeah. I'm like, no, a character with an eye patch. And I was like, Oh, that was the girl in the beginning. And so that I thought was a little bit of an odd choice as well because you play her for 10 minutes, then she's gone for seven hours. And now she's the main character that makes the most consequential decisions at the end. I I wasn't so crazy about that. Yeah. You also play her during like the longest chapter in the game. Like, cause it's the, oh, the yeah. first, it's in chapter seven. The first t- six chapters, you're getting attached to all these other characters. You're caring about what's happened with them. And then all of a sudden you have like a two hour long chapter in a jail and you can't get out of the jail. And it's just dialogue and i yep. thought it was brutal on my second playthrough i was like i would i would do anything to be able to hit an x button to skip dialogue but you can't do that in this game i literally was like walking around the house going i've got 
I know I've got about 15 minutes before I have to make a decision. So I was like, I'm going to go make some mac and cheese or something, which you all know I love, and come back to it because it was it was brutally long. And and then you had to go back to the main characters again. And you're like, but this is the, I don't know, it's, I'm going off tangent on it, but it was, it was brutal to me to, to all of a sudden have her be introduced and have to play her for a long time. How'd you guys break out of the jail? Or did you? I befriended I, the cop. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he gained my trust, and then he, if I remember right, he just he let just us let out you of walk? our cells. Yeah, like he let oh, us wow. out of the cells, or, if I remember right. That was my angle, is to try to gain his friendship or something. I, I gave him think. ketamine. Yeah. Wait, I, really? You drugged him? Yeah, I drugged him. I definitely didn't drug him. Yep. Yeah. And I That's was still able to friend well. him later. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. I, I, I had the syringe, and I hid it in my cell. And then later, when he comes in, you stick him in the neck. And- oh wait, yeah, I did do that. I was trying to befriend him. That's right. You because he says there. it's Is not that- going to work. He's yeah, like, I know that's what you're right. Trying I was to trying to, and then you're right. I jabbed him with the the needle there. So I we all did hide the same. it in, in the little brick in the cell. So he- here's another. Here's the thing with spoilers, right? Because people are going to die in this game no matter what. I feel yeah. like, um, unless you have some, you know, if I mean, if I tell you. Michael, make 20 yes or no decisions, you know, go. And you're like, yes, yes, no, no, yes. And you're like, ah, you messed up. Now you can't get 100% in this game. Um, but when people die, they die in phenomenal fashion, man. Oh, like, that, that was this good. This is yeah. where the horror part... I mean, we're talking werewolves and stuff like that. But this game does not shy away from the gore when somebody actually does die. Mm, it was incredible. I lost Abigail early and i was so mad because like it's we talked to each other on discord a little bit and paul was like hey are all these characters like just really annoying to you early on you know we try to talk about how we feel about a game or anything like that and i was like well i like abigail she's kind of adorable she's super sweet all the time she's not a turd like some of the others when she died dude which there's there's like nine different ways each character can die so in my in my situation she got her head ripped off, like straight up, like bitten and then ripped off. By and then her head Nick. goes, yep, werewolf Nick. Yep. Because I didn't shoot him. Same for me. Um, and her head slides across the ground. And the look on her face is like this look of terror. And I'm like, that was brutal and awesome and horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. great. I shot the, um, the mom of the Hackett's. I shot her face off. Oh, that's right. And like literally, it's like all you see is her skull and her teeth, and then like face just blown off. And I was like, "Oh!" Like, and you see okay. it for a long time too. Like yeah. they're talking over her for like two minutes, like in just this disgusting yeah. skull face thing. So it's goofy because a lot of the horror is like the threat of horror, but then when it happens, it happens in spectacular, gory fashion, which is I thought was an interesting change on like how the the rest of the game was and the first time it happened i was like whoa okay like that was brutal man (laughs) and that's exactly the same in until dawn where it's a lot of talking and exploring but then when a death occurs it's very gory very very over the top yeah yeah uh, any any other parts of the story that you guys found interesting or any spoilers any character deaths anything you wanted to talk about did, did you guys end up with the silver bullets while inside the house at the end? Because I did not. I read later that if you don't break into the cabin in the beginning, that you can't end up with the silver oh, bullets silver. and bolt you didn't, guns. You didn't break into the general store? I. Well, I'm talking in the very beginning when Abigail's bags are locked up oh, inside the yeah. cabin. Did you break in? 
Yeah, I did. See, I did yeah. not. Yeah. And if you don't break oh. in, you will never find that set of silver bullets. You will only have one set from the sheriff. So when I was running around at the end of the game with Dylan, who was still alive, and Caitlin, both of them died no matter what choices I made because they did not have silver bullets. Yeah, supposedly there is some way, because I looked up a lot before my second playthrough, because I was like, you know, I'm a completionist when it comes to games. I want the achievements on my PlayStation. So I'm going to look up like the quote-unquote most optimistic path or the most optimistic ending, most optimal ending. Whatever, words are hard. We've talked about that. The whole point of it is that nobody agreed on the most optimal ending. Like The best ending is everyone lives, but they go to jail. The best ending is... Everyone lives except for one person who has to die, but the camp counselors don't go to jail. It's kind of funky, but supposedly there is a way that you can all live and not break into the cabin, but nobody's found it. So maybe there's a like a, a 187th ending out there where you don't do it and everyone <laughs> lives. But if not, like from what I can tell, if you don't make and that's kind of what you were talking about, Paul, earlier with like you don't get to make actual choices in the game. It's kind of a random choice. Like you're thinking I shouldn't break in this cabin, but if you don't do a bad thing as Abigail, by the way, the sweetest girl who would never break. She would into never that break cabin. in, but she now, would never break into it. And now two people die because you didn't yeah. break in. Yeah, like if you were Abigail in a role playing game like Dungeons and Dragons, the GM or the DM would have to remove experience points from you, even if you did a good <laughs> thing, because you would never do that as Abigail. Yeah, and, and you mentioned one thing there that I think we have to talk about before moving on, which is the twenty minute podcast, which is the epilogue. Like, if you want to experience a story during the end credits, you have to sit and listen to a 20-minute fake podcast, which, I'm sorry, is very hard to listen to. Yeah, I tried to sit through it twice, and I could not do it. I'm like, I just don't care. I don't care at this point. The game's over. I know who lived. I know who died. I, I get that they're recapping all the evidence and talking about it. Were you guys able to sit through the whole thing? Did you listen to it all? I, I did sit through the whole thing. It doesn't oh, really add not. anything. This is not like a Marvel end credit scene where you like you leave and you go like, ooh. This was just the, what's the point of all that? Were they talking about the evidence that I collected? Because, yeah. like, were they talking, like, I, like, why did, like, there's nothing. There's nothing about listening to that that's worthwhile or eye-opening or any of that stuff to me. I, it, it was an interesting thought that just flopped hard, in my opinion. It was a letdown to me because that is how you find out what happens in mm-hmm. the end. Is a podcast... I can't see it. I don't know. So all these choices that I made in both my separate playthroughs equal a different podcast and different things happen on the podcast. And I'm sorry, I love podcasts. Y'all listening to one right now and we <laughs> appreciate y'all listening to this, but in a video game, yeah. like podcasts that talk about video games, awesome. Podcasts that tell me the end of a game in a game, not awesome. Yes, completely agree. Until Dawn did this so much better. During the end credits, do you know what you get to see? You see the police interviews. So there's a cop who asks a question, and you see the character that's like maybe in handcuffs inside the station, and then they say, well, I found this, and I know that this person was there, and so this person couldn't have been guilty of this. And that was such a clever way to do the epilogue of Until Dawn. They tried to do the same idea but they didn't want to just flat out copy it in the same way so they tried doing this podcast inside the game it was just so long maybe if it was like three to four minutes i wouldn't be so salty guys I it, it goes on and on it goes forever yeah 
All right. Well, any other brutal. any other spoiler type stuff you guys want to dive into? No, I got one. Uh, you need to take the arm off the motor, or no matter what happens, all the kids go to jail, even if they all live, which is still a bad ending. So don't ever cut the fuel line like Paul did. Guess who, I was just saying. Guess who cut the fuel? <laughs> oh, line. did you cut the fuel line? <laughs> cut the oh, fuel I line. take the arm. So yeah. if you do that, then uh, is it is his name Jacob? Is that yeah, name? Jacob. Yeah, Jacob never um, goes swimming down deep in the lake and never finds the bloated body, which is the chapter three evidence. And if you don't do that, because the only way to avoid prison if they live, if they all live only, there's, 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 you can kill one and they don't go to prison or whatever, I guess. I don't know. But the only way to get the perfect ending is a random choice again. You take the fuel arm, or not the fuel arm, but you take the little arm. What kind of arm was it? Distributor cap arm? Whatever it was. But anyways, you don't find a body, which is a random choice. And because you haven't collected all 10 pieces of evidence in the game, which is random, then you get an outcome. (laughs) Did you guys in your playthrough, did Max end up wearing Emma's clothes? Oh, yes, he did. Yes. Okay, that did make me laugh. I did. I did enjoy that. that, where He went through her bag and he had to get dressed. I I did. I did chuckle. I was dying. Yeah, I thought that was great. All right, so now that we are done with all the spoilers, let's go ahead and jump into community reviews. You got a couple to share with us, Josh? I do indeed. Uh, as we always do, you guys have heard us talk about the game. You know, you might have been able to pick up on how we feel about some parts of it, but we always go to community reviews to give you an example of some of the negative reviews, some of the positive reviews. I try to pick out things that touch on what I think are good in the games and what are bad in the games and so on and so forth. So this first one comes in at not recommended. Uh, this person's played 12.4 hours, so beating the game. Um, and it says, good graphics, decent voice acting, underwhelming gameplay and endings. Story is not worth the price of the game. Four out of ten. Fair criticisms? Written, written by fair. Paul. <laughs> the <laughs> multiplayer <laughs> gaming podcast. Yeah, I, no I, I, there, but yes. I 100% agree with all that there, except... I wouldn't even say all the animations are great. Guys, this is the worst water animation I've seen in oh, 10 years. Oh, that's the, the big water joke. Is yeah, so what happened? Bad. I like when it no splashes, idea. it literally makes the characters transparent at parts. It was yeah. weird. The, yeah. the, water the water is, is water. horrific. And Emma, Michael, you mentioned like her mouth animations are goofy. And David Arquette. David Arquette is a handsome man. I thought maybe he just doesn't look as good anymore. And I did a search to see David Arquette 2022. He is so bloated in this game. <laughs> he looks, yeah. he looks like he's been like a dead body floating in the river for a full 24 hours. I thought some of the animations were very goofy, but everything else looks fantastic. I, I, I didn't understand why a couple of those things looked so bad. Yeah. Well, it is it, weird too, because some of the characters were animated perfectly. Like Caitlin the whole time. Yes. Flawless. But Emma's mouth and David Arquette's eyes, it's almost like completely separate teams did the animations for these characters. <laughs> and some of them were like paid a lot, and some of them just didn't do the same job, the same quality. Or yeah. ran out of time. Okay, next one. 41 hours on record. So this person has played through multiple, multiple times. This is recommended. And it says, I have never been so determined to discover the variety of routes a game has to offer. A bit on the cheesy side with a a healthy dash of cliche horror tropes that stole my heart. Do wish there was more development to the characters, but the idea of some of them dying hurts my heart, my little heart, nonetheless. Um, if you, if you like playing the same game 18 times and being forced (laughs) to listen to every conversation with, without the ability to skip them, 
18 times, then this game is probably for you like it was for this person. <laughs> yep. Um, a dialogue skip button would have made a world of difference or a chapter this, select, yeah. you know, or something like that. So, all right, this next one is not recommended. 9.5 hours on record. I wish developers were held accountable for high price, horrible games like The Quarry. I was very excited about this release. However, the game itself is a virtual walking simulator. The quick time events are few and far between, and there is literally no gameplay when you have free movement aside from examining items. That is, unless your definition of gameplay includes narrowly missing, missing that pesky tree branch or avoiding that extremely dangerous step on the flight of stairs you are ascending. <laughs> if you've played Detroit Become Human, where quick time events were intense and there was plenty of gameplay and the story was moving, this game is the exact opposite. Dude, I want to talk about that for a second. Heavy Rain also, I think, handles quick time events so well. They sometimes are flying at you, and if you miss one, it's awesome. Like, I remember in my yeah. playthrough, Madison, she gets drugged by this really creepy doctor, and he tries to kill you down in his basement. And at one point, he swung a giant axe at me, and I missed the quick time event, and he sliced my belly. And the entire rest of the game, she had a giant gash on her stomach for the entire rest oh, of the man. playthrough. So it was like the quick time events were actually challenging, and it didn't even necessarily mean you would die, but it had all these little details that really made the game feel much more complex. Whereas in this one, every quick time event is mash the exact same button or just press left, right, up or down. Like yeah. they're not and they're insanely forgiving. Yeah. Yes. The, like you yeah. don't have to, you don't have to have like good reflexes for these or like, you know, know your keys by memory or something like that either. So yeah, they're I legitimately don't think you can ever miss a quick time event. And, and it's funny cause you brought up Detroit as well. It was too hard sometimes, but it was more enjoyable because it's like you you would have to do this in real life is make a quick decision, make a quick move. This one was like, it's given me like five seconds to push up on the right thumbstick. Yeah. Okay. I did it. All right. And then this last one is recommended. 19 and a half hours on record. And it says some really awkward and cringy conversations and characters, a rushed ending, lacking story, de novo, unnecessary third party launcher, a $60 price tag, and the monster transformation looks unironically like Morbin time. Probably <laughs> the most, uh, probably the worst supermassive games game, but still fun if you're a fan of their games or if you pick it up for 10 or $20 tops, but $60 is insane. Just be clear that you're essentially watching a 10 hour long B movie, but with replay value with little interactivity and some more or less important choices. Otherwise you're better off just watching it on YouTube. I totally agree with that as well. The $60 yeah. price tag is quite hefty for this kind of game. It really is. Um, I will say that the majority of the negative reviews had that exact complaint. I paid $60 for this game. And, you know, if it was 10 or $20, maybe I'd feel differently. But at 60 bucks, I feel like I was robbed. <laughs> yeah, it can, it can be very enjoyable, but it's definitely not the most bang for your buck. Yeah. Okay, so... That's what the community thinks. We now have to guess what we think the overall rating of the quarry is on the Steam scale of 0 to 100. Uh, I don't... Who who won last time? I think it was Paul. It was Paul. me. I, I won. won. All right, yeah. all right, Paul. So you're up first. Scale of 0 <laughs> to 100. Where, what's, your, what's your guess? 
Dude, I'd believe you if you said 70 or 92. Like, I, I think it could be anywhere in between this. Um, I really have no idea. I'm going to say 81%. Oh, that was exactly what I was thinking. Is it really? 81? Like, straight up, I was like, 81. I'm going 81. I thought of it last night. Oh, that's funny. Crazy. Well, Michael, since he stole your guess, what are you going? I'm going to take the lower. I'm going to take 80. Good, All because right. I picked 82. I actually oh, wrote down 82%. Wow. I really on, did. I really, really did. We're uh, sorry, So the actual is 78%. So Michael wins. Whoa, we were all won. so close. Seven, we were all very close. It's, it's a mediocre game. It's a mediocre yeah. rating. You know? It's... <laughs> so Michael... Gets to introduce this next segment. Yeah. Michael, you did win this one once. I believe it was actually your very first deep dive. It was dive. my very first time. <laughs> yep. And I did not know what I was doing. I tried to be funny and it didn't work. But oh, we're... Well. Hey, I didn't prep anything, but I'm going to get this right. Here yeah. we go. Take us into that next segment. Let's hit that music. Hey, Laura. I'm Sheriff Travis Hackett. And I'd like to follow you back to a motel, but I've got two important things to do right now. And if I did, you would not be able to play this game. <laughs> very, very nice. Sorry. <laughs> That's all I had. I'm just like, that was creepier than anything in this game. Man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this segment here is called Make Love, Marry, or Murder. Each one of us gives this game our own individual rating. Is this game marriage material? You should pick it up. You can get a ton of hours out of it. Is it make love where maybe it's fun for a short amount of time, but not marriage material? Or is this a game that you should stay away from and murder? Should I go first? I, th- I feel like my opinion on this is go. probably the most go, obvious. Paul. Yeah. It's murder. I'm sorry. I, I That's not to say that it wasn't fun. I really enjoyed certain parts of this game. It's not a bad game. It's not bad at all. 4 out of 10 is kind of spot on. Some chapters I thought were like an 8 out of 10 that I thought were pretty good. Other chapters are a 1 or a 2. Ultimately, in the end, your choices your choices matter, but you don't know what choices you're making. Like That's ultimately what I think fails the hardest in this game. And when you don't really know what you're doing, you're flying by night. It's a short game. It's a full 60 bucks. Go watch it on Twitch. You can. They have Twitch parties where you can vote on what choices to make. And guess what? They don't matter anyway. It's all random. Just go watch someone on YouTube or on Twitch and save yourself the 60 bucks. All right. So I'm with you in a lot of ways, Paul. But I'm going to give a public service announcement. All right. This PSA comes from Josh. <laughs> save $60 and do not buy this game because I'm going to murder it. It's not worth 60 bucks. No. I'm with you. I, I honestly, I never, like, there are some games that I have really dreaded playing and I've hated every minute that I've playing the game. The quarry is not that. I never minded playing the quarry. It is entertaining. What it does, it does pretty well. If you're in the mood for a video gamey slash movie with very, very little interaction in a, honestly, a, a, like a, a, a kind of bad plot. And I, there's nothing stellar about this game other than that it's just kind of different, right? Like you can watch it. The graphics are good. You you get to click a button here and there, but it's just not worth $60. So save your 60 bucks. 
like Paul said, watch it on YouTube. I'm sure the entire game is readily available. It's a it's a murder for me. I can't recommend this game, to be honest. If it was ten or twenty dollars, I'd say absolutely, and that would completely change my opinion of it. But I is I regret that we had to spend sixty bucks on one hundred eighty dollars <laughs> combined. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, that's a lot of so money for everybody that supports yeah. the show. Thank you because <laughs> this is this is what you help support. You know, <laughs> and I feel bad for Josh a little bit because Michael and I were the two really pushing the yeah. quarry, and at one point Josh was like. You guys know this is sixty dollars, right? Like, I'm just double checking. Are you sure we really want to do the quarry? And Michael and I were like, absolutely. And yeah. uh, 180 bucks later, you know, and uh, and two murders so far. So, <laughs> Michael, Mister Mister played it twice. Yeah. Things don't get much better. It's a triple murder. Oh, oh I feel like would like this. This is I, a shocker for me. I loved. It. I love it. I loved the game, but for $60, and honestly, I liked it more until I played it a second time and then realized I was like, I am wasting my time. I am playing it for a second time through basically just to get my achievements because I can't not do that. And I real honestly, man, it would be so different if it wasn't $60. And the 60 bucks is, I'm sure, because it pays for David Arquette, Lance Hendrickson, yeah. you know, Ethan Suppley, Halston Stage. you got so many B to A ish list actors in this game and they were expensive and the animations were expensive the game does look great it it's looks fantastic good. yeah yeah but but an an eight and a half hour movie eight and a half hours for 60 because i was i was eight hours and 34 minutes on my first playthrough and I, I know you could do 10 hours 11 hours but maybe i didn't get all the evidence in the first playthrough but i just 60 dollars like 20 bucks great I'm going to make love for this game for 20 bucks because I think it's worth a playthrough. It is fun, but for 60 bucks, it needs to change a lot on it. You know, we need to actually have decisions we make that actually matter. Better quick time events. Don't make me hold my breath for crying out loud because the breath holding thing was just dumb and a waste of time. And it just, it just didn't have enough. And then also like, like Paul said, some of the, some of the animations felt really not, cooked all the way and we're just weird like bloated david arquette and so as much fun as i had with this game for 60 bucks it's a murder there's not even a i don't even have to think about it triple murder this <laughs> this might be a hot take i think this game might be better in movie mode where you don't even make choices the choices ultimately yeah. made me more mad than the benefit they provided if i had just sat back and put it on movie mode and just watched it as a nine, ten hour movie, I think I would have liked it more. Well, you know what's more of a kick in the pants to me was at the very end, you after you play it through once, you can go back and do chapter select. Right. right? Only so after you can go you back and make different choices. But you can only do it once. If you pick chapter two, chapter three, chapter eight, doesn't matter. Chapter select goes away. And unfortunately, I went back to chapter three and had to play all the way through again, basically, because it doesn't <laughs> let you go back and chapter select again, which was way worse. But yeah, I think you're right. Movie mode would be a lot of fun. And you get to pick, like, does everyone live or does everyone die? I might actually go back in a year and watch the movie mode one where everyone dies, because I don't think I could accomplish that on my own. That's got to be hard to do to kill everybody. It'd be fun to see how it happens. Yeah. Wow. So triple murder. I did not really see this coming. I figured Michael would be a little bit higher on it. Josh, I felt like probably a murder just by knowing his gaming sensibilities but yeah the 60 dollars price tag is rough like michael said we know why it's yeah. 60 dollars. we're not saying that it's a cheap game it's what they had to charge to try to make a profit but this is one that if you're not super hyped 
then just wait till it goes on sale or watch it online and you're you're gonna be better off. If it's twenty bucks, go pick it up. You'll have a great time for eight and a half hours. That's sure. it. Yeah. Sure. Yep. All right. Well let's go on to our last segment. Let's go to the leaderboard and see where this game stacks up. All right, Josh, if this is anyone's first show, you want to tell them what the leaderboard is? Leaderboard, every time we do a deep dive, we force ourselves to rank every game. Um, It's completely nonsensical because we have games like Overwatch compared to The Quarry, compared to Rust, (laughs) compared to Stardew Valley. Uh, You know, it's we get it. We do that on purpose because, hey, we, you know, who doesn't like a little bit of weirdness in their game rankings sometimes? So we have covered so far 74. Four games. This will make number 75, assuming that Paul has updated the leaderboard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been known to miss a few in the past. <laughs> Disclaimer. It is, you know. <laughs> it is updated. <laughs> so, um, so we have to figure out where on the leaderboard we want to uh, cumulatively rank um, the quarry. Um, just to give you an idea, at the very, very bottom of our leaderboard, we have Battlefield 2042. At the very, very top, we have Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, somewhere-ish around the middle, we have games like, uh, you know, uh, A Way Out, uh, Raft, Borderlands 3, Deathloop, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. You know, games that are, eh, all right. Um, but um, what are you guys thinking on this one? This one's kind of hard because, like, do we factor in the cost? I think we do. I think oh, it's going to be a, do. yeah. I think it's going to be a higher ranked murder game personally because it was Agreed. fun. Agreed. But it's not worth sixty bucks. And so for me, oh man, I know that Elite Dangerous is at fifty one, so I got to put it behind that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way this game is top forty five. I, I no, say zero no. chance. I, I have the perfect spot, in my opinion, because there's a game that reminds me very much of this game that I had about the same level of fun playing, and that's a game called 12 Minutes, which I found to be very, very repetitive. <laughs> I liked 12 and Minutes. didn't like a whole lot. And the quarry, I feel, is very similar in my brain, where it's like, it's not a bad game. I get that there's probably people out there that'll enjoy it. It's just not my jam. Um, and so for me, I would put it right at number 59-ish, give or take a few spots. That seems to be my kind of target area. I, I'd, I'd put it slightly higher. I would put it above 12 minutes, Payday 2, Monster Hunter World, Phasmophobia, and It Takes Two. So I was thinking like 55-ish, but I'm 55? definitely in the same range as you, Josh. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to any of those. So yeah, what about you, range. Michael? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a perfect landing place for it. Uh, caveat there being for now, because when this game does eventually become $20, I think when we review this every once in a while, because we do have episodes where we review our leaderboard, I think it's mm-hmm. going to crawl up a little bit. But right now, I just can't recommend someone pick this up over, even like Tiny Tina's Wonderland, which is what, 40 bucks? I would play 60, Tiny Tina's right? over the quarry. I would play Tiny Tina's over the quarry, yeah. for sure. And so I think, I think 55-ish, somewhere in there is where it needs to be. And I, I guess It Takes Two, again, being a game that's not... Oh, I'm thinking of the... What was the other it's ta- It Takes Two game? Where You're thinking escape? of uh, uh, A Way Out. The Way Out. Okay, well, I'm thinking of that. Because it's kind of funny, because it, that's like a similar, similar type where you just mm-hmm. make quick decisions, except the decisions actually matter. <laughs> um, yeah, 55, somewhere in that range. I'm happy with either one of your rankings, because I just can't recommend the game for 60 bucks. All right, what, what uh, are you thinking, Josh? 
I would I would rather play Phasmophobia if we're just going to group it by genre, which is horror. Phasmophobia to me is much more fun than the quarry is. Um, so I'd put it one under Phasmophobia. Boy, people that like Monster Hunter World are going to hate us, dude. I don't care. <laughs> it's it's it I, I hated that game. Hate it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would put it just below Phasmophobia. Uh, Fifty-seven sure. would be ideal for me, but I, I don't I don't have a strong feeling either way. Let's lock it in. Does that, right, that work for that. you, Michael? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think that's a good spot. Phasmophobia is a lot cheaper, and I like what they did gameplay-wise. Even though it's not my favorite game, I would rather like throw my support behind Phasmophobia yeah. than the quarry. By the way, if you guys want to check out our full leaderboard, it's at MultiplayerPodcast.com. It's right there on the front page. Just got to scroll down a little bit. A lot of times people ask, like, what games do you recommend? What should we check out? And a lot of times we say you should just check the leaderboard first. And if there's a game there in, like, the top 30 that you've never played, that's probably a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. So we will lock this in. 75 games now, guys. Hey, that's a yeah. nice even number, right? <laughs> it's also yes, cool. even. a nice even number. <laughs> Is that the most uneven number? Because it feels like oh, the most. No, because yeah. it's by four, I guess. But yeah. <clears throat> even though it's odd, um, I'm just thinking of less even numbers. But uh, I, I like that now I've got a spot where I've been on the show for long enough to where I actually can play some games. The first right? time, like, because I've uh, played enough of these games. When I first joined you guys, I was like, I haven't played 20 games in this group of 20. And I'm yeah. like, you guys put it where you want. And now I'm like, no, it's not as good as this game. It's above that game. Put it in there. I'm excited about that. I feel like I've gone somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, then I think we are just about done talking about the quarry. If you guys did want to know what our next deep dive will be, it is Disco Elysium. Now, Josh, I really hope... You did not reload a bunch to pass all of your dice rolls, <laughs> but I guess we'll talk about that in two weeks when we cover Disco Elysium. Good. I, I guess did a, we will, Paul. Oh, boy. I, I No, I hope you didn't. I did a quick take on Disco way back in the day. You guys already know it's one of my all-time favorites, so I can't wait to talk about Disco Elysium. Uh, but we always have our three episodes. So on Mondays, we always have these hour, hour and a half long episodes. And then we'll be back on Thursday for a Twig episode talking about This Week in Gaming. Saturdays, we always have our short Quick Take episodes. And just as a reminder, come follow us on socials at MultiplayerPod. Come join our free Discord. Link is in the episode description. And check out our Patreon page at MultiplayerSquad.com. That'll help support the show. And you get bonus episodes. So if you like this episode and like what we do, you'll absolutely love the Squadcast for bonus content. Anything else to toss out there, guys? Oh, and thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring the episode. And I think that about does it. Thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring my body. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Your wife should be thanking Manscaped. Right? (laughs) No, I had a great time today, guys. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yep. Thanks, Uh, everybody. See you later. Thanks. We'll see you guys next time.